Well, I'm excited to share the word with you tonight. Um, you know, I kind of we've we've kind of gone through this amazing journey over the last year, and where God has been positioning us and really moving us. And you know, I I you know, two months probably back in November, um, God really began to just show and reveal things to me about where He was taking us as a church, where where He was trying to lead us into. And the question that God was really asking me was, "Are we ready?" And I'll be honest with you, I think some of us are, and I think some of us are like, what are you talking about, son? (laughs) And as we start thinking about, you know, as we go into this new year where we start talking about goals and vision and aspirations for 2019 and everyone's got their own things and, and, you know, I know I've, I've asked you to fast with us as a church and uh, I can tell you that God has been just speaking to me during this time of fasting. And I've just, I've felt him more than I've ever felt him in my life these last, uh, this last week and a half, two weeks or so. And I believe that what's next for us, what's on the horizon for us is more. As simple as that, nothing big, nothing complex, nothing complicated, nothing fancy, just more. And it's funny because as you think of going into the new year, there's like so many things that you want. And, you know, I know, uh, um, I know a lot of pastors, they, they will actually theme their entire year and um, they'll build a lot of branding and stuff around it. And I don't knock that. I've helped with that. I, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but God gave us more. And I believe that, that God is going to speak this more to us in so many different ways, so many unbelievable, amazing, challenging scary, exciting ways. And I believe, it's funny, um, we, were, uh, we were talking uh, with Olivia and Chris in the group earlier, and um, Chris was like, oh, the word we use for that is stretching around here. We talk about stretching, and, and I'm telling you that this year, God is going to stretch us. Every single one of us, individually, and every single one of us as a body, corporately, we are, I'm telling you, already we are being stretched. I can feel it, okay? And so this, this year, this message, the next couple of messages probably, I'm going to be talking to you about more. Because there is so much more, okay, to this whole Jesus thing than a lot of us have ever experienced. A lot of us have ever known a lot of us have ever even opened ourselves to, to, to be able to experience because there is more. And the reason we typically don't experience that is because we get built in a box. Listen, you know, it's funny. I, I always thought about as a kid, I always thought, you know what? Um, what if blue's not blue? What if we get to heaven and God's like, that's been orange the whole time, right? <laughs> Which would be crazy. Um, but... I, but I've, I've thought about these things, simple things like colors, right? Colors, they are what they are because every, that's, you grow up and you learn that's what that color is. So when I see blue, I associate it as that's blue. Now, there are some people that are colorblind, and it becomes a little bit more challenging. They have a little bit of an idea. I've worked for two different men that were both colorblind. Um, and so when I give them charts and graphs and there's all kinds of things on there, they're, I'm like, if you look at the blue and they're like colorblind, I'm like, okay, um, 
Look at the numbers. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, I kind of base this whole thing off of colors, right? Um, but I, I think about that concept of blue is blue. And it's, it's very much so the same with God. We come up in a way, we are built and we are designed and we are taught in a certain way. And so we are conditioned to believe and to understand certain things. Okay, some people may call it, that's their theology, that's their upbringing, whatever it is. There is a certain way that we are brought up, and we are brought up to believe in such a certain way. That is not wrong, that is good. I think it's okay, right? Where it becomes challenging for you in your life is when what you, what you know to be the truth doesn't line up with the word of God. And now, the challenge with that is some of you can't figure out what is the truth because you don't get in the word of God. This is where, this is where when, when we talk about more, if, if you want more of God, if you want more of his spirit, if you want more of his son, you must want more of his word. You have to. You have to, you have to long for this. And I, I pray that I get better at that, all right? As your pastor, I pray that I get better at that, that I want more of the word, that I, that I cling more to the word than I do the next thing that's coming up or the next book that's coming out or whatever it is, that I cling more to this because I believe that if we are to experience more as a body, that's us together. We have to experience more of the word. And so let, I want to tell, um, tell you a goal for our church, okay? Um, I just I felt like I think it was last Tuesday um, – I wrote this down in my in my planner because I just felt like this is really what what our hearts cry is for a church. You know, I I I am thrilled to be able to say that you know we've been boldly generous as a church. I'm I'm thrilled to be able to tell people that we've already given away over twelve thousand dollars. I'm thrilled to be able to tell people the the different encounters that we've had with people and people that have come in here, people that had been hurt from church, people um, that love church that showed up here, and all these different things. It's, I'm thrilled to be able to talk about that. And but this is this is what our heart's desire is. We long for an authentic move of God for real church. An authentic move of God. That that includes to me a, a, a continued declaration that we're not gonna be known for for our lights and shows, for our events and programs, even for our pastors and leaders, right? But that this place will be known because there are ex- incredible experiences of God in this place. That's what I want more than anything else. I, I get excited about Boldly Generous. I get excited about all these other things. But what I want more than anything is that people say, God is doing something unbelievable when you go into that place. There is something that shakes me inside so deep that I can't even begin to understand because I am feeling the Holy Spirit move in my life like I've never felt it before. That's our cry as a church. Not not that only that we would be generous and we would be loving and all those things. I believe that we need those, but there is a process that happens in our lives that enables you to truly walk that out. You know, it's not enough to say, I'm going to be loving today. I'm going to be loving today. I'm going to be loving today. Because guess what? As soon as someone cuts you off, you're like, you jerk. I'm going to be loving today. <laughs> right? And... And so the question, the question that, I, that I asked myself when I felt like God was speaking that to me, that, that that should be our heart's cry for an authentic move of God. 
that no one else can explain away, that no one else can manufacture, that nothing else could be created, right? Lights, shows, events, programs, they can all be replicated. Every, listen, every single time that I go through my social media, um, I, get, I get social media ads for all kinds of things. Hey, I grew my church from 40 to 200 with these basic things, and I grew my church from this to this by doing these, and check out this new lighting thing, and this new this, and this new this, and you know what? I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care about any of it. There are a lot of things that we could do as a church to just blow up. I could also blow up very quickly by eating lots of Holtman's donuts. It doesn't mean it's good to do. It feels good in the moment. Uh, but it's not good to do. So what does that look like? That's what I began to ask God. God, what, what does that look like? An authentic move of God. What does that look like for this to be a place that experiences incredible moves of God? This is what I felt in my spirit. Those who need healing will be sent here. Those who need deliverance will be sent here. Those who need a supernatural move of God will be sent here. And as the Holy Spirit moves in power, people will be led here. See, we could do the church growth track. We could do the big event plethora and get people plugged in, get people on the grounds and all of those things. But I want people to be drawn here because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. That when we walk out of this place, guys, we can't keep walking out of this and going back to the same old sins, the same old problems, the same old frustrations that we had when we walked, when we walked in here. There's no point in us doing that. And too many of us, for way too long, we have held on to sins and frustrations and these, these snares that just catch us up, and we've never moved past them. And so the question becomes, how do we move past these things? Because it's these sins, it's these things that have, have just built up within us that has allowed us to believe that this is, this is it. This is as good as it gets. I show up, you know, I pray a prayer. We have a pretty cool time of worship. You know, we go hang out, we eat, we have a great, you know, we have a great connection and stuff, and, 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 then, and that's it. But there's more. There's more. So I believe, I believe that the last year, when I look at the church, I believe that the last year has been a year of building. It's been a year of building, of, of getting this place where it's at now to getting these people, this congregation, this core, right, of who we are together now. I believe it has been about building. But I believe that this year is going to be about filling. Filling. In so many different ways. Not only filling the church or filling the needs of the community, but a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit for us. For those who are believers, who are here today, I believe that God wants to do a fresh pouring out on his children. Because we have work to do. And we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit if we're going to do that work. We can try, we can fight, we can do and do and do and do. And all you're going to feel afterwards is exhausted. You're going to be burned out, you're going to be tired, and it just you're just going to be done. But if, if the filling comes from a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, it will change everything. So tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Amen? About receiving the Holy Spirit, 
about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, all of the things that will make some people squirm and make some people shout. (laughs) What I love about our church is how eclectic it is. I always say this. I say this to everyone I talk to. And, you know, and someone will be like, well, I go to so-and-so church. And I'm like, that's all right. We got people from that kind of church that come here. Well, I really am rooted in this church. And guess what? Cool. We got people from that church that come here. Like, we're just, we're a mutt, man. I mean, we just, <laughs> right? Is that all right? Can I say that? I think I can say that. Yeah, that works. That's who we are. Because we're, that's what, that's what God wanted us to be. See, God, God wanted the body of Christ to come together not just be divided. And so what that means is there are sometimes things that I'm going to tell you from up here that you're going to be like, "Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) And you know what? There's sometimes I'm going to tell you some things from up here that I'm going to be like, "Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) Because guess what? I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm trusting the Lord to guide me just as you are trusting him to guide you. And so as we, as we talk about this, listen, I, I, I want you to understand this. I don't come to you knowing and understanding all the mysteries of the gospel. I don't, okay? I have no plans. I, I, I don't see any, any uh, horizon that says once I get to that point, I'll understand all of this, and that'll be great, right? I'm not going to get fully enlightened until I meet Jesus. Until then, I'm going to read this word. And I'm going to pray that we as a church, we learn to grow together and we grow together. Amen? Can we do that? I believe that we can because I believe that God has more for us. And I believe this is the journey that he's taking us on. Amen? I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, um, I, uh, I hope it's not too cold where your thumbs aren't warmed up uh, because um, I'm going to make you flip through a lot of different pages today. Um, Jimmy's got his baby Bible, so that's good. Um, he's ready. Um, and then luckily uh, the scriptures will be up here on the screens as well for you, okay? So I want to read what, what is being said in, in Ephesians chapter 5. I want to I show you some things about the Holy Spirit, Okay. Some things that um, I believe that God is, is wanting to show us tonight as a church. And I can, let, me, let me just tell you right now, um, you don't need to be freaked out talking about the Holy Spirit. See, some people, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, they get on edge. And they're like, oh, man, this is, this is where the weird stuff comes out. This is where Tom starts rolling snakes out of the back corner. <laughs> I have, I have asked a lot, I've had a lot of people ask me, you, got, you go one of them snake churches? Um, and uh, I said, not unless you come to it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That person wasn't a snake I was talking to. Um, <laughs> but I, I, want, I want you to remember and understand this, that the Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. And the Father is God. So we ought to talk about all of them, right? And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, what I want you to prepare your heart for is that this is God. This is, this is our God. This is who we're talking to. He is a triune God, and this is part of his identity and who he is, okay? So don't be worried about that. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 15 through 21. Here's what it says. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise but is wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, 
but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Say the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, for, for uh, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I think it's important for us to understand something that I believe that the writer is trying to show us here in Ephesians, right? Paul, just, just to... Um, bring this together. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, okay? He's writing to the church. So let me clarify something to you. He is not writing to the unbelievers at Ephesus. He is not writing to the lost at Ephesus. He is writing to the church at Ephesus. This is who he's writing to. And I think it's important for us to understand that one of the things that he is telling this church to do is to be filled with the Spirit. Now, when you read that and you understand, you know, I, I heard it put this way. I heard uh, a, a pastor put it this way once, is that when you, look at, when you look at the word and he's talking about, hey, don't be, don't be drunk with wine for that is debauchery and all these different things, right? He's talking about not being drunk with wine. And what he was saying, um, the, the gentleman that I was listening to, he said, hey, if you, if you uh, get drunk, you get really, I mean, I mean, you get really, 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 really drunk. Okay, when you get that drunk, it will wear off, right? Like, you can't get so drunk that you never have to drink again. At least that's what I've been told. I have no clue. I don't drink. <laughs> I used to drink Diet Coke, and I stopped that last week. So uh, I, I, now I'm miserable now, but... Um, <laughs> But he, he's talking about, hey, don't, don't be filled with wine to the point where you're drunk. And, and, and here's, what he's, here's the point, is that you can't get filled so much, so full, that you just stay drunk forever. And so what I think that, that Paul is trying to show us here is that we need to be filled with the Spirit. And that filling of the Spirit doesn't just happen once in your life. See, being filled with the Spirit is a process. It is something that you have to long for to continually be filled with His Spirit, okay? Now, I want to clarify this because this is where people get really confused about the Holy Spirit because they're like, wait a minute, because when I got saved, I got the Holy Spirit. And so how can you say that I got saved and I got the Holy Spirit, but then I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because I was saved and I got it. So why didn't I have it when I got it and I thought I had it and now you're saying I don't? It totally makes sense, trust me. <laughs> we, and there's some people that will say, well, when you got saved, you received a portion of the Holy Spirit. That's not true. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit gives himself in portions. I love that song, he doesn't give himself in pieces. I love it. It's one of my favorite songs of all times. We don't get a sliver of him when we get saved. We receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 38 and 39. You can turn there with me real quickly if you want. I want, you to, I want you to see what that says because I want, I, want to, I want to come back to this filling of the Spirit, but I want you to understand about the salvation, what happens, okay? Acts 2, verse 38, and we're going to read 38 and 39, and uh, um, I'm going to need a help here because I ended up um, um, skipping a passage here. Here we go. Here's what it says. It says, And Peter said to them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, 
and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to read that one more time. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say, for the promise, now, now this, is, this is two pieces, actually, I'm going to stop there. I got a little excited, so I'm going to stop. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, all right? Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. We're all good, right? We're on the same page, right? That's what the Word of God says. If you don't trust me, don't look at the screen. Look at your Word. You'll find it there. I promise. It's there, okay? Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is that receiving of the Holy Spirit at conversion, at salvation. Now, some people, just so you know, some people get hang up, hung up because they'll say, wait a minute, that says repent and be baptized. And so if I never got baptized, does that mean I'm not saved? That's not what it means. You can read on later where they get, they get uh, they're, they're saved first and uh, the Holy Spirit falls on them. And then they're like, hey, uh, we should probably baptize these people because they're like, it's like the whole thing, right? And they just baptize them. Your, your salvation isn't wrapped up in your baptism. We can talk about baptism another, another day, okay? But I want you to get this. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You got that? All right. 39. Here's what it says. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all, say all, who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Okay. Who who is the receiving of the Holy Spirit for? All. It's for all, okay? So there's two things about this. First off, some people will talk about um, receiving the Holy Spirit um, and, uh, uh, you know, when does it happen and how does it happen and all of these things. And so when you look at this and you understand that we receive the Holy Spirit, what is the difference between being filled with the Spirit and receiving the Spirit? Because there is a difference. There is a difference because otherwise, if they had, if the church at Ephesus had received the Holy Spirit at salvation, why did Paul say to them, hey, you should be filled with the Spirit? He wouldn't say that to the church because guess what? The church, it's the church, right? They're already believers. So why would he tell the church of believers, hey, you should be filled with the Spirit? Because they're like, well, wait a minute, dude, I, I, was, I, I, I got it, right? There's more. Amen? There's more, okay? It's, it's, it's to me like this. Um, I, want, I want to put it this way. I have received a cookie before. I have. I have rarely been filled with cookies. <laughs> does that make sense at all? I don't know if it does. I just wanted to say that. Um, Luke chapter 3, turn there with me. So being filled with the Spirit, what it does is it allows us to experience more of the Spirit. If you look where we were just reading there, what he was telling them is that you should be singing psalms, you should be doing all these different things as you are filled with the Spirit. Now, unfortunately, a lot of us think we're walking filled with the Spirit, and we're just spitting venom on everyone we run into. We're just mean, snarky people sometimes. It happens. 
It happens. And that's why he's telling us that we need to be filled with the Spirit. Because, see, when you are filled with the Spirit, what the Word says is that you will have the Word coming out of you like, like it, you'll have like a river, right? Like a river of living waters flowing out of you. And so part of the question becomes, if you, if what, what is coming out of you? Is it liver, uh, livers? <laughs> if it's livers, we should get that checked out. Um, it's, that's a serious health condition that I, yeah, we'll pray for you. Um, that will be a thing. Um, <laughs> rivers of living water should be flowing out of you. So the question becomes, if that's not flowing out of me, what's flowing into me? We need to be filled with the Spirit. Because as we are constantly filled with the Spirit, this happens. So, it, it, so being filled with the Spirit allows us to experience more of the Spirit. So let me also explain this. A person, let me explain it a different way. A person has many attributes, skills, right, aspects to who they are. Some of you, you know, there's, uh, there's a gentleman that I know, and he says to me, he knows me at work and he knows me at church, and he says to me, I really like how um, you're the same person, uh, but there are different aspects to who you are, right? And I said, That's, I think everyone's like that, dude, just so you know. You just see different aspects of who I am, right? Um, and if we are created in the image and likeness of him, Genesis 127, right? If we are created in his likeness, why do we act so surprised to know that the Holy Spirit isn't solely our peacekeeper that helps us smile when we're a little sad? I know I belittled that a little bit. We shouldn't be so surprised because with every person, with every single one of you, if you're married, you think of your spouse, there are so many different things about them. So many different attributes, so many different traits, so many different things about them. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. While the Holy Spirit doesn't change, there's so much about the Holy Spirit that we have to learn and understand and go into. And some of that, for me, is unknown. Some of that, for us, is unknown because it's the Holy Spirit. There, the, the Word tells us even about Jesus that he did so many things that even the books couldn't contain it, right? Even all the books that could be written couldn't contain it. And so guess what? There's a whole lot about him that we don't know, guys. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay. He's Abba Father, and he, he wants to show us more about him. Luke 3, I want, I want you to, to see what this, what this says. Luke 3, verses 15 through 16. It says, as the people were in expectation... And all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water. But he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, this is a very different baptism. <laughs> This is a very different filling than what John was doing. And what John is trying to explain to them is that, guys, there is more. There is more. So baptism, there is, there is so there's um, receiving the Holy Spirit, there's being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then there's this new, hey, baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
So what is baptism of the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? What does that sound like? What is it? Because I've seen um, GIFs on Facebook that give me an idea of what it might look like. <laughs> but I don't really understand. I've been to some places before where maybe they've talked about that or they've done something there that's maybe uncomfortable that I don't really know what's going on. What is that? Acts chapter 8, turn there with me. I'm going to make you turn like two more times, and I think that's it. I promise. Acts chapter 8. See, John told us when he told them that Jesus was going to come, and he was going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit with fire. Now, I've been to a lot of different baptism services. Um, We don't have a baptistry here. We are figuring out what we're going to do because we have some people that we need to baptize here soon, and we're excited about that. And so I'm looking around where I can rent a baptismal pool and do all these things, okay? Um, But in all the baptism services that I've been to, I have yet to go to a baptism service where they laid all the charcoal out and lit it on fire and said, come one who wants to be baptized in fire. Has anyone been to that service yet? See, no one here has been there because the people that were there never made it out, okay? (laughs) But I want you to understand this. If John is telling us, John is telling us that he would come and that, that we would be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, guys, there is something to that. There is something to that. Listen, the things that are in the Bible are not just like, hmm, I think that'd be a good to put in there. That sounds nice. Let's let's baptize them with fire. Let's see how many of them will do that, right? There's this weird guy that's going to pastor this church in Goshen. I think he'll try it. No. Acts 8. Acts 8, verses 14 through 17. I want, I want to read what happens here. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. But they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, so wait a minute. (laughs) These were saved people, right? These were people who were in the church, and Peter and John were sent to pray for them by laying their hands on them. So some people get weird about that. Um, Let me explain something. Um, Laying hands on someone is putting your hands on them and praying for them. Laying hands on them is not shoving them when you pray for them, okay? Hmm. There are a lot of preachers that will get lots and lots of opportunities to speak at really big events if they've got a good left hand like this. Boom. Okay? Now, I'll tell you something about me. That's not my jam. Okay? And it's funny is I've even had some pastors say to me, hey, sometimes you just got to help them a little bit. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit's going to come on them so strongly that they're going to feel like they need to get down, then it's going to happen. There ain't no nudge from Pastor Tom that needs to happen. And there's a lot of people that like to nudge or shove or tackle, okay? 
I'll just say it. Some people tackle. I've seen it happen. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Sometimes you can hear the smack when it hits their head, man. It's just like, whoa, Tiger, let's not, let's not go there. But what I want you to understand is there's, this is in the word, guys. There is something to this. There's something about this process of laying hands on someone and the Holy Spirit doing something miraculous. If there wasn't, the word of God wouldn't have it in here. It wouldn't have been a thing. It wouldn't be something that the Holy Spirit was doing. Listen, in Acts 8, if you read on later, it actually goes on that Simon saw, the, saw them doing this, saw that the Spirit was given by laying on of hands, and you know what he did? He tried to buy it. He was like, just tell me how much money I need so I can do this. So let me explain something to you. Because when we see that, right, we, we see words like receive the Holy Spirit. And so we, it takes us back to, wait a minute, Tom, you told us that we receive Holy Spirit when we get saved. I know this is a lot of stuff. Just bear with me, guys. You're, this is, we're going to get there, okay? Receiving the Holy Spirit in this way is different, okay? They had received the Holy Spirit, Okay? They had received the Holy Spirit because if they hadn't, then what was said in Acts 2 would be wrong and the whole Bible would be just defunct right there, right? That, that, that's not what's happening. But Simon, when you think about conversion, when you think about what happens when someone comes to know Jesus, I have seen many, many people come to know Jesus, and I thank God for that. And that process is beautiful, and it is amazing. It is usually a heart that is broken, that is just rent out, from whatever has happened in their lives, where God has, has opened up to them what he really is, what he is really about. And I have seen people come to the altars crying and make a confession that Jesus is now their savior. It is beautiful. It is amazing. I love it, right? It's the best thing that I could ever see or watch. I love it. But let me tell you something. What Simon saw wasn't that process, Simon didn't see someone come up with a broken heart and say, I want that power. Simon saw something very different, guys. He saw something very different because he saw the power. He didn't see something that made someone feel a little bit better about their situation. He saw the power of the Holy Spirit come over these people. This is what he saw. This isn't something that, it's different. It has to be, right? It doesn't make sense if it's not. Acts 19, turn there with me real quick. Acts 19, 1 through 7 is what we're going to read. Because I want to show you this in another place with someone else. Acts 19, 1 through 7 says this, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through, through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Here he is at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Say disciples. Okay, let me just stop there for a second. What's a disciple? You just throw some stuff out at me. Yeah, follower, right? They're, they're a follower, right? And so he, he comes up to these, these disciples, and he asks them, it says in, in verse 2, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And you know what they said? Nope. We haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. That's literally what they said. Now, unfortunately, in a lot of our churches, that's what some people would probably say. Dude, this is the first time I'm hearing of the Holy Spirit. No one told me about the Holy Spirit. No one told me because they were all freaked out about him. <laughs> okay, let me keep going. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, 
Into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism of repentance, remember? And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It says this, And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. We see again the laying on of hands, and we see the Holy Spirit coming on them, and we see an expression of what has happened to them. We see a response to that filling. We see a response to that process where they begin to speak in tongues and prophesying. Now, there are a lot of people that will interpret speaking in tongues in a lot of different ways, and I could go into all of that for you tonight, but I'm not. Okay, we will talk about it soon. There are a lot of open interpretations about what speaking in tongues mean. But regardless of whether you think it was just different languages they were speaking or whether you think it was a, a spiritual language, which is what I believe, if whatever you th- or you think, I just think they cleaned up their act and they stopped saying curse words, Tom. Whatever you think, okay? Whatever you think, what I want you to understand is you can see something happened. Something noticeably happened to the point where someone said, we need to remember this. Because while Paul came, laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came down and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. What that tells me is there was a significant change. Significant change. Not not an old, hey man... I feel a lot better after that, man. Thanks for that word, man. I feel, man, I feel so encouraged, right? I'll be honest with you. A lot of times the word doesn't necessarily encourage you. <laughs> it, it tells you, um, you, need to, you need to get your stuff cleaned up. <laughs> sometimes it reveals things to you that are a little bit hard, and sometimes it's really hard to receive it sometimes because you can look at it. You can be like, wow, man. I really mess up a lot, <laughs> um, and I need to get better at this. And the Holy Spirit will come and will help you. And so what we see is we see constantly this in the Word about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is very real, very real, and it continues on today. There are some people that will tell you that it is done. It stopped with the apostles. And then some people will be like, well, wait a minute, it couldn't have stopped with the apostle because there was Paul. And then some people will be like, well, Paul was kind of engrafted to become an apostle. And then some people will be like, well, dude, just read Mark 16, and that's what I'm going to tell you to do. Um, Mark 16, <laughs> see, I, that was a good lead-in, wasn't it? I thought it was pretty good. You guys don't have to agree. It's all right. I believe in me believe that Jesus is teaching me. Mark 16, okay? Um, And I know I didn't give them the scriptures back there, so just buckle up, okay? Mark 16, verses 15 is where I'm going to start. It says this. This is Jesus talking, okay? We like the words of Jesus, right? We're all about the words of Jesus. So let's see what Jesus says. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. That means those who don't believe will go to hell. That's just that's what the word says. That's the Bible, okay? It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Okay, Qu- real quick question, real quick question. How many of you believe in Jesus? Okay, 
and I don't mean to single out anyone who's like, I don't believe in Jesus, Tom, and you just made me feel awkward. Okay, um, here's what it says. Those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. Okay. It says they will speak in new tongues. Goes on to say, now this is where you guys might get worried. There are no snakes here, okay? Just calm down. It says they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands, lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now back it up, because I want you to understand this again. It says all these signs will accompany those who what? Those who believe. It does not say all these signs will accompany those who are apostles. It doesn't say those who are preachers. It doesn't say those who are teachers, those who are worship leaders, those who are uh, big enough to knock people over. It doesn't say any of that, right? It says those who believe. And who told us that? Jesus. Hmm. Jesus told us that. I believe the words of Jesus. I believe they are true. And I believe that they challenge us. Amen? What I read in Mark 16 is that these are signs that are intended to follow us. And I'll tell you what, I haven't casted out enough demons yet. And I'm okay with saying that. Now, some of you is like, dude, he is straight up talking about casting out demons. This guy has gone mad. <laughs> This is what the word says, guys. <laughs> Whether you think I'm mad or not, it's the word of God. It doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> it's the word of God. And here's, here's what I want you to see. Um, so then we see in the word about baptism, about the filling, about the power and the immediate change. So why do we fear the Holy Spirit so much? Why do we fear that? There's, there's, some, there's some really, I mean, I'll tell you guys, for me, when I first had an encounter like this with the Holy Spirit, it was challenging. It was really challenging. And it messed up some, like, tickers up here, guys. Like, maybe I started losing my hair after that. I don't remember what happened. I don't know. The, the, question, the question becomes, why do, we, why do we fear this? So listen, part of, part of this, and, and I'm, I'm bouncing all over where I'm supposed to be in my notes here, but um, part of why people have gotten like this is because of the showmanship that man has created into this experience. Listen, guys, I've seen some of the most ridiculous things that people try to do. I've seen people try to shoot the Holy Spirit like it was a fireball at people. That's ridiculous. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is not how, I can't just go, woo, and, you know, the Holy Spirit moves in a mighty way. But if we look at the word, oftentimes it happened through what? Laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. And here's the thing. I don't want us to be a people who are struggling with the same sins that we have struggled with for the last 10 years. That is not, oh, this light is going to tell you something in a minute. It's like flickering. I feel like it's like uh, the burning bush. Um, and if it bursts in the flames, um, I'm going to pray a lot and maybe back up a little bit and take my shoes off. Um, <laughs> um, I don't want us to be a people. I don't believe that God has intended for us to be a people to keep struggling with the same stuff we keep struggling with. I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of finding myself in the exact same routine that I've been in. 
I'm tired of finding myself just being committed to, to something that isn't what God really wanted for me, that isn't what he ever intended for me, and finding myself fall victim to these sins and these things that just easily beset us. And you know what changes that? The Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because what, it's, what it says here, um, and I'm, I'm not going to make you turn there, but 1 Corinthians 6.11 says this, You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I don't want us to be a people that aren't walking in the Spirit. There is more to this whole Jesus thing than just believing and punching a ticket to heaven. The general overseer for the Church of God, his name is Tim Hill. He wrote a book about this. And um, one of the quotes that he wrote in the book is that most of the church is stuck somewhere between Calvary and Pentecost. Somewhere in there, right? And while we, while we may be going to heaven, I believe that God speaks a full life into us while we're here on earth. A life of joy. A life of peace. And I believe a part of that life is a life of power. To walk in the power of what God, uh, God called us to this guy. In Mark, in Mark 16, we just read it. These are the signs that will follow us. And while some of you may say, that's not really what I believe, that's not, and listen, I'm not going to tell you that you got to believe this way, you got to believe that way, okay? I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. I'm going to let you discern for yourself and let you get into the Word and get you to learn what the Word of God is telling you about this. But what I am telling you is that there is an experience that is deeply rooted in being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it is often referred to as being happening through a baptism. And, and John even told us, guys, it's going to happen. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire, right? It's <laughs> what the Word of God says, guys what the word of God says. And the problem is people have treated the Holy Spirit like some sort of showmanship class. This is where, this is where listen guys, people have gotten so intimidated and frightened about this. Because it's, it's you know, whoever falls down the hardest, who, whoever, whichever pastor can knock down the most people, it's the person who, who shouts the loudest, runs the loudest, whatever it is, okay? That's not what it's about. It is about laying down this is a tough one. I'm going to say this because we, we've got to lay this down if we're going to experience the Holy Spirit in this way, laying down some pride. Because, see, what the Holy Spirit does, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what comes out of you? All the junk that wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. All the junk that has been filling up your life, all the junk that you've continued to go back to, all the junk that keeps you from reading his word, from being in his presence, from walking it out, the things that's on the radio, the things that's on your phone, the things that's on your TV, whatever it is, it takes that junk and it messes it all up. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, listen, what it says, is, it says in the word that, that uh, the Spirit is at enmity with our flesh. There are things, let me tell you something right now. A lot of people will tell you, just follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. The Bible tells you it's evil. <laughs> don't. Whatever your heart's telling you, don't do it. Follow the Spirit. We have to be a people led of the Spirit, led of the Spirit. And you know how we get led by the Spirit? we got to be filled with it. 
We gotta be filled with the Spirit. We have to experience the Spirit in a way that we've never experienced it before. We will find ourselves in this constant rut of Christianity that so many people are in. There are so many people that are gladly just gonna go to church in the morning, shake their hands, and then leave, and that's it. And you know what? We could grow a church pretty quickly and do that. We really could, guys. I, there's enough of it out there. There's enough of it we could do. And you know what? When I write out my goals, because I do, and I write out my goals for this year, and I write out my goals for the church, there's, there's very, very little that's talking about church growth in that capacity. It's talking about more. More of him. Not more of me. Not more programs, not more this or that, more of him. I need more of his spirit. And whether you know it and believe it or not, you need more of his spirit. Some of you are hearing all of this and you think Tom has lost it. Because you're saying, Tom, you're talking about speaking in tongues. You're talking, talking about being baptized in fire. You're talking about some crazy, crazy stuff, man. Stuff that maybe someone I know was a part of or whatever it is. But uh, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to receive the word of God. Because some of you have things. I don't know what they are. I'm not going to pretend to tell you what they are. But you've got some stuff you need to get rid of. You've got some sins. You've got some impurities. You've got some frustrations. You've got some anger. You, you've got some stuff that you need, to, you need to get it out of your life. And you need to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Because I assure you, when you receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit, it changes you. It will change you. Otherwise, Simon wouldn't have looked at you and said, I want to buy whatever that dude just did to make that happen. <laughs> he saw something. And it's power, guys. It's power. It's intended for us. I'm going to ask you to stand as we get ready to close. And you can turn with me. I want to read uh, Luke chapter 11 as we get ready to close. Because I, I want to show you something here. Because the question then becomes, okay, and some of you, some of you will say, Tom, I don't really believe all that yet. I need to go back and read it for myself. And you know what? Cool. Go read it. Please. Let's talk about it. Because I've been on every side of the spectrum when it comes to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I got it. I'm with you. And I want you to read and I want you to learn. But the question for those of us who say, okay, wait a minute. I see, I see this, this infilling. I see this baptism. I see this process. So how does this look? You know, do I need someone to hit me really hard in the head? <laughs> I was not hit really hard in the head before I came here, just so you know. <laughs> I was not. That did not happen. And I think, I think that Luke 11 paints a very, very good picture to show us because the question becomes, how do we, how do, we do this, right? How do we really do this? Now I'm going to tell you something about the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit... Um, moves in so many incredible, mighty ways. And I w I'm going to continue talking about this next week. Don't worry, they're plowing. I, I told them to plow right about now. That way the roads would be clear. Um, and you guys wouldn't leave before the roads were clear. Uh, um, the question becomes, how do, we, how do we do this thing, right? 
we've seen so many people, we've seen so much about it, we've seen and heard of these things, right? And here, here's what, here's what I, I thought was, I think this is just a very beautiful illustration that I heard. And it's in Luke chapter 11. I want to read verses 5 through 13 with you. It says, And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me through three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Now, if any of y'all come knocking on my door at midnight, asking for some bread, um, I'll make sure Beth finds you some bread. Okay? <laughs> no. It says here, it says here, and he will answer from within. Okay, you're going to respond from within. He will answer from within. Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impotence, which means that he was, like, super persistent and he just didn't give up, right? He will rise and give him whatever he needs. Here's your three loaves. And I tell you, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. And this is it right here, guys. I, want, I, I need you to see your father, God, like this. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Again, I don't have snakes here, guys. Calm down. <laughs> or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil... <laughs> which I love that, like, hey, just, just to remind you, you guys are evil. Um, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? We need to trust our Father. And see, some of us... <laughs> Some of us have got some daddy issues, <laughs> and it's made it really tough. And it's been hard to see him in a way that all he wants to do is give you good things. All he wants to do is, is reveal good things to you. And so what happens is we hear these things about the Holy Spirit and we're afraid and the problem isn't our fear of the Holy Spirit. The problem is maybe partly our pride, but a big part of the problem is that we haven't yet got to the point where we really say, Abba, I trust you. I don't care if I look foolish, if I'm filled with your spirit. I don't care if people talk about me because I know that I'm filled with your spirit. See, people, people who don't understand will talk about what happens to you when you are filled with the spirit. And um, my sweet wife, who I love dearly, who is my everything, 
she is always concerned about what everyone thinks. It's just her heart. Like, she's always like, do you, th- you know, I mean, we will have people at our house. We will have the most amazing time ever. And afterwards, she'll be like, do you think they had a good time? And I'll be like, I don't care. I had a great time. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's her heart. And some of you have a heart like that. That's, that's concerned about, well, you know, some, some of you will be even concerned about if I was to come and actually pray, and if I even cried when I prayed, what would people think that I was praying for? Tom mentioned one thing about alcohol and not being drunk, and if I go pray right now, he's going to think I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Guess what? I ain't that smart, guys. <laughs> We, we get so concerned about what people will think. And let me tell you something, guys. We are intended to be a body. See, my, when my left hand hurts, my right hand don't go, hmm, wonder what the left hand was doing that got so hurt. <laughs> it don't freak out about it. But we, within the body, sometimes we want to be like, man, did you see how much they were crying this week? Shoot, Something's up in that house. We're human. We suck at all that stuff. I'm just going to be honest with you. We do. But, but if we trust our Father, and we trust our Father to do good things in us, and we trust our Father to move in mighty ways in us, and we want more of Him, more, if we want more, if we want more of His Spirit, then I'll tell you what happens. We let down some guards. See, I, I'm someone that, um, and sometimes it gets me in trouble, um, I really don't, I don't concern myself too much with what people think or thought or whatever. I just, I just, I don't. And sometimes that's bad. Sometimes I should care a little bit more. Um, and, and I believe that God will continue to work with me on that. But see, my brain doesn't work like that. Um, it did for a long time. It did for a long time, really concerned about what everyone thought. And, um, and now, especially with reading the word and preaching the word with you guys, um, you know what I feel like afterwards? I always walk away feel like, you know what I did? I shared the word of God. And, you know, um, it's, it's going to work for some, and maybe it's not for others. But all I know is that I was in this, and if I spoke that, then I know I'm okay. This is, this is like home base for me, right? <laughs> I could get up and talk, and we've been to churches where they'll come up and they'll read one passage, literally one verse, and they'll say, all right, now I'm going to preach about this. And then they'll talk um, for 45 minutes about one verse. And that's cool. I'm not saying you can't do that. Um, But I feel like I need to run back to home base as much as possible. (laughs) Like if I get a little bit away and I start talking about me and my weird stuff and the way I think, then I need to hurry up and get back to the Word and say, see, this is why it's okay that I think weird like that because it's in here. And that's what we need to do. We need to trust. We need to trust our Father. He has good things for us, guys. He has good things for every single one of you, and He wants you to experience more of Him. And what I want to challenge you to do is not be afraid of what that might look like, what that might sound like, what that might feel like, and what other people might say. Because the Holy Spirit wants to do something mighty in you. He wants to do something mighty in you tonight. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do as a body tonight. Brian, can you grab those snakes? No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I just had to freak you out for a minute. I'm sorry. I love you guys. I hope I hope that didn't offend you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it did. Um please accept my apologies. I I I want here here's what I want to do. I want us all individually to seek more of him. I want us to seek more of him. I want us to seek, listen, I'm just going to tell you, I want us to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want us to seek the power and anointing that he tells us that we should have access to. Because I'm telling you, we get filled with his Holy Spirit and it will change. (laughs) It will change every single thing. And so some of you guys are like, what in the world is this going to look like? <laughs> and um, I'll just be honest with you. I'm just making it up as I go. I'm just trusting the Lord as he's navigating me through these, you know, these paths, right? And here's, here's what I want to invite you to do. We're, we're going to play a worship song. Some of you are going to say, Tom, it's getting bad out there, and I really got to go. And I'm not going to hold you here. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I don't, we don't have any. We don't have any handcuffs, do we? No, we don't. We don't have any handcuffs in the church. I'm not going to hold you back. Some of you have places uh, places to be. Um, but what, what I want to ask uh, us to do as a church is I want us to go before him, and I want us to, op- to open up our hearts and our minds and say, Holy Spirit, I want to experience more of you. Jesus, I want to experience more of you. Father, I want to experience more of you. And as we do that, I want us to just lay down some stuff. And just so you know, when I talk about this as our church, especially my church peeps, ain't none of us exempt from this. We're all, we, I'm telling you guys, if we want to have the most phenomenal 2019 that we're ever going to have, we're going to be doing it filled with the Spirit. That's what it's going to look like. That's what it's going to feel like. That's what it's going to do. And so, Here's, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, in just a second, I'm going to ask Chris and Kristen to play a, uh, a worship video that we've got set up. And um, I don't know, it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I don't know what it is, okay? Um, I want us to just seek God. I want us to seek him. I want you to cry out to him. And I want, I, I'm, listen, I'm asking you. I'm asking you to trust me in this. I, I feel, I, you know, I told a, a pastor buddy of mine, I said, you know, um, I feel like what we've been doing for the last year is we've been building trust, building layers of trust that has helped people to be open to different things and open to uh, new experiences in these things. And I, I just, I feel like we're in that. So I, I just want to ask you to trust me. And here's, here's what I want to ask you to do as a church. I'm going to ask you to come up here and I'm going to ask you to pray and seek for more of him. Seek for more of his spirit, for more of his power, for more of his anointing, for more of him, okay? And as you do that, if you're someone that's up here and says, Tom, I I want someone to lay hands on me and pray for me that I might receive some of what you were talking about, Listen, I, I am begging you not to be a bashful person. 
I told you that my style is not one to go like, you know, domino effect, right? I'm not going to run and slap everyone on the head. I believe that um, if I'm going to lay hands on someone, if uh, me and some of the team, if we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you in this way, um, I want it to honor the Father, and I believe that if you're someone that says, I want to receive this, I need to be filled with his Spirit. I need to be filled in such a way that my life is no longer falling into the same sins that I keep running back to, that you say, I need a change that I have not experienced through my whole entire church life, and I need to be filled with his Spirit so that maybe this will all finally just be gone and finally change, and I'll finally be able to walk out a life of power, a life where I can actually actually share with even my own family that I believe in Jesus, if that is you, I'm just going to ask you to literally just grab, just look at me when you come up here and say, can you, can you guys do that for us? And we'll do it. Okay. We'll do that for you. That doesn't mean we're going to get all crazy and cuckoo on you. <laughs> it means we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray with you that the Holy Spirit would fill you up and do something miraculous in your life. But I am going to ask our church, especially our church family, we need to seek him for more. I know that more than I know anything, is that we need to seek him for more. So I want, I'm going to ask them to go ahead and play, if you would play that song. If you need to go, I'm not going to hold you back. I'm not going to tell you you have to be here. But if you want to be with us and you want to seek the Holy Spirit, you want to seek God for more, I'm going to invite you to come.